This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 units sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. In the last episode, number 19, you heard from a CBS executive who rakes in $62 million a year, but then a baby popped out and he didn't know what to do. Okay, our guest today is Jordan Harbinger. Now, Jordan has been kidnapped twice and only survived because of his ability to talk in and out of any situation. He now is the co-host of top-rated podcast, The Art of Charm, and runs a school that helps take ordinary guys and turn them into extraordinary men. Jordan, are you ready to take us to the top? I should be ready to take you to the top. (laughs) Good, 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 good. Well, listen, before we jump in and get started, you're doing a bunch of stuff. You know what we're going to focus on in this episode. Is there any piece of your bio that I missed that you think the listeners should know? Uh, I used to be a lawyer on Wall Street. That's probably less exciting than some of the other stuff in there, but you know, it just qualifies because I think a lot of people think, oh, you make money on the internet. Did you wake up on your mom's couch one day and decide you could teach people things and here we are? So uh, I have other I have other things going for me. No, but, but honestly, I, I think that there's something to be said for the people who come from the real world versus people who just kind of decide to make money on the internet and then figure that out. Uh, not that one's better than the other, but there's definitely something that colors the way that I run the art of charm with my business partners that you don't see in online media where people are just kind of trying to figure it out. I, I totally understand. So walk us through from what we understand, the art of charm is a podcast and there is a live component to it. Talk to us about the live component. Right. So we have a school in LA where we teach men networking skills, advanced social skills, not to be confused with remedial social skills. So our clients aren't the guys who tie their shoes together and have tape on their glasses. We get a lot of military special forces, intelligence agents, high-end salespeople who sell really high-ticket packages, you know, things that cost hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. And we get a lot of regular Joes and people who just need to be able to connect and develop relationships with people at a high level. And so they come in for that. So that school is in LA. Guys come out from all over the world and and stay there. So it's it's a residential program that lasts five days. And so what is it exactly that they're buying? It's Is it a five-day mastermind they pay one time for? What is it? Yeah, it's a five-day, ma- It's I, I guess mastermind's probably not the right word because in, in a mastermind, you kind of sit around talking a lot probably, Yep. It, whereas this is all hands-on. So we'll teach how to read nonverbal communication. We change the way you sit, stand, walk, and talk, how you present yourself to be more charismatic, how to develop rapport with people, how to create connections, follow up with those connections, turn connections into relationships. We dig in, find out what sort of your limiting beliefs are and things like that. So it's mostly hands-on. And we also take you out during the day and at night to apply things with coaches uh, in the real world so that it's not just like, okay, I've got this notebook full of good ideas to apply when I get back to Albuquerque. It's like, (laughs) you know that you can do it. By the time you leave, the training wheels are off. So how do you, you know, I know you, Jordan, but the listeners maybe don't know you as well as I do. How do you differentiate Art of Charm from these people that are like, 
used to be like, hey, come learn from me. I can pick up any woman at any bar right. using this one word opener and this smile right. and this wink of my eye. Like, how are you different? That's totally, that's, that's funny because we still get a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't need this. I'm married. And I'm like, <laughs> so what you're saying is you're in the most important relationship of your life and therefore you don't need relationship skills. And it's like, oh, touche. So this isn't about meeting and attracting women. A lot of guys come in for that, but 30% of our clients are married. It's not about dating. It's not about pickup artistry. There, it's Our focus is also on authenticity. So it's literally the antithesis of the pickup artist movement where guys, the message is, you're not good enough as you are. Here's a bunch of fake stuff that you should add to your personality to make you look appealing to the opposite sex. Whereas what we do is we're more of a subtractive process where we say, hey, listen, you know how you act with your friends and your family and how you're open and loose and funny and they say just be yourself and you somehow can't do that when you're out with other people? We're going to strip away the crap that you have, the baggage you've got, the weird things you think you have to be, do, say, or look like, whatever, in your regular life and we'll let you actually be the authentic version of you with other people so that you feel comfortable in your own skin. So it's, it's in many respects, it's literally the opposite of what the pickup artist guys do, only we deliver a very similar result, uh, only it's better, more authentic, it's not going to make you hate yourself, it's not going to make other people dislike you. There's nothing to quote unquote get found out about. Um, if you're in the, a lot of the guys in the, the sort of pickup artist world, their own parents don't know what their business is, that's inherently really sketchy. If you can't tell your mom what you do for a living for the last few years, that there's something wrong there. Well, Jordan, own- I, I need your help because my father's fingers are like the size of a tree trunk. And I say I'm on doing a Facebook thing and he's like, what's Facebook? What are you doing? Why'd you drop out of school? So I'm, I'm worried. Uh- yeah, no, you're you're in trouble. It's not <laughs> the thing is, it's not that you can't or won't. It's just that you do and they don't get it, which yeah. is a different story entirely. But so essentially we're completely above board. Like I use my real name on the internet. I talk a lot about my life on the show. There's no secrets. People can come and visit. I hang out with people who are very normal. I you know, I have a normal life in many ways and and that's really the difference because a lot of like the pickup guys, you know, they they have code names and, you know, people can't tell you about what you do and you don't want your girl, like literally people Google you and, and, and then they won't hang out with you anymore. We seek to avoid that problem. Uh, uh, look, so. I, I love, I love the message and I love the focus and I want to talk about how you talked your way out of getting kidnapped twice here in a second. But first talk numbers to me. What are people paying for this five day course in L.A.? Uh, sure. So the course depends on when you take it, if you pay over time, if you pay in full. So you're looking at anywhere between six to 8,000, depending if you have like a, we offer a discount to military veterans. Uh, we offer uh, pay in full discounts. So between six and 8,000 for the week, and including ha- accommodation. Okay. And how long have you guys been, you and your co-founder been doing this? We've been doing this for eight and a half years. And not only that, but uh, the prices have been going up consistently since then. So I want to throw in a caveat. If you're listening to this and it's like 2016 or later, don't say, Jordan, but I heard this because we get that all the time. Every time I quote a price online, people go, but eight years ago, it was this much. Why the, you know, so. um, If people like it, you're going to increase the price. I think that's a great lesson for any entrepreneur listening right out of takeaway. If you're, if what you're doing is working and demand is there, increase the freaking price. Yeah, we are sold out right now six months in advance and we have been for about a year. So we have to, we literally have to do that. And, and 
it's funny you should mention that because a lot of times people say, I don't understand how this could be valuable at that price. I don't understand why you keep doing that. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And it's basically a consumer perspective on increasing a price and it's not an, where they're very against it and they're trying to help, quote unquote, help us figure out ways to keep the price down. Uh, but the supply and demand is one thing. And, and furthermore, if we don't increase the price, we're actually doing a disservice to people that want to get in earlier and can't and would be willing to pay for the privilege. Yeah, it makes per- it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. So help help the listeners understand again, you've got a waiting list. So how many people so far this year or maybe all last year whatever you want to give, how many people total customers have you put through this 5-day course? Oh, uh well over 1000 and and the majority in the last probably 2 to 3 years, the vast majority cuz of course when we first started, we've we'd have four guys a month and be like, oh my gosh, this is great. And now it's like eight guys a week, sold out six months in advance, can't figure out where to stack them. And, uh, and we're trying to figure out expansion uh, as well as you know increasing the, the cost of service and the value that we deliver during the service. Um, because th- that's sort of one issue that you have is, yeah, people say, well, why, why do you only have the group this size? And the truth is because the value lies in us being able to really attack insecurities and sticking points on a very intimate level. And so if we've got 30 guys in the room, it's too many, like like a lot of training companies do. They're like, well, this Dale Carnegie course was only 2000 bucks and it was like eight weeks once a week. And it's like, yeah, but your instructor literally doesn't even know your name. Yeah. So is it fair to say, again, you do your kind of pattern is eight guys. It's just guys. It's just guys. Okay, eight guys. And the reason per- for that is because it's residential. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand. So eight guys per week, paying between six and eight k on the top side. So is it fair to say, and your book through for the next six six months? Is it fair to say you're doing about sixty four thousand bucks a week in revenue? Um, it's a little bit more because that's just the live program. Okay, how else do you make money? Well, we have uh, we have advertising from the show, uh, and we okay. have online products and services, and those I can't disclose right right now because of contra- literally contractual agreements with the the agencies that help sell those. And I already asked them for permission, and they were like, "Absolutely not." Yeah. Um, but I can ballpark it and say that those are other seven figure revenue streams or close to it depending on what we're talking about. So real quick, just to pull some value here without without going into numbers that you can't talk about. Can you, in case people are listening right now, wondering how people make money on podcasts and they just want to research this agency, can you name the agency so people can research it? Yeah, of course. I'm on Podcast One, which is a network. And the network has its own internal sales team. And so if you look at Podcast One, for example, the other shows on that network, that podcasting network, which is just like, ABC or NBC, although instead of a channel, it's a conglomeration of shows. So other people on the network include like wrestlers. I think that one of the more popular shows on there is like Stone Cold Steve Austin Unleashed. Um, I don't watch wrestling, but he's, you know, he's a pro athlete. He's got a huge following, et cetera. Yep. And so you have that. It's a credibility credibility thing, right? And they do all the work for you. Yeah. Adam Carolla is on there. Okay. And a lot of people who do shows always, they say often, why don't you sell your own advertising? And I actually do plenty of that. Uh, and it was part of the conditions that I had when joining the, when joining the, the, the network in the first place. And so the important thing to remember here is that, like, like you said, credibility, but also the fact is, if you email, if you email a show that has a celebrity as a host, you will not get a response. 
of course you want to be on Adam Carolla. Uh, join the club. In right? terms of in terms of sponsorship or in terms of guests? Uh, in terms of guests, you Got can it. always you're always welcome to buy that. In fact, this is a really good illustration. I before I joined Podcast One, I was on another network, and I thought, oh, why don't I test Art of Charm ads? for our products and services on podcasts because, you know, that's how people find us through did, our podcasts. Did it work? Um, well, <laughs> we didn't even quite get that far, and I'll tell you why. I got a quote from some of the larger shows for campaigns that range from eighteen grand for a test run to $40,000. To, to have, like, what, a 30-second pre-roll or what? Yeah, to basically have 30-second pre-roll, a one-minute mid-roll, you know, three or four times in order to, because other one ad does nothing. Like I've learned that through advertising. Yeah, consistency. Yeah, it's got to be consistent enough to get some result. And I just wasn't willing, surprise, surprise, to spend $40,000 to see if maybe something yep. made a drop in the bucket. It's just not so, worth it. Since we can't go deeper on podcasts, just contractually, but you kind of have three business buckets. The LA course is making six, about over 64K per week. You, you said on the podcast through the ad agency, you're doing um, at least seven figures a year, right? Uh, yeah, that's getting closer and closer as our audience increases. Cause, and I can go a little bit deeper. I just can't quote certain like advertisers or numbers. Okay. I, I guess we can play that by ear. Cause, well, tell uh, me about, tell, there's people, there's, there'll be more listeners wondering about online courses than there are about launching their own podcasts. So yeah, walk sure. me through some of the, how many courses do you have? And, and is this also a seven figure revenue stream for the business? This is something that was, we never actually marketed these in the beginning. So we had a couple of courses which we took offline, which is why it's a little tricky because everything I'm talking about here is based on stuff that's either no longer for sale or that's being redone completely, literally like this week and this month. Yep. So there'll be some, so if people are looking for stuff, they, they kind of won't find it, but I can still totally discuss my experience with it. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, even when we, without any marketing whatsoever, you're talking about a high six-figure revenue stream, which is great because yep. um, you should theoretically market anything you sell. We were just running a test to see, can we create software that generates recurring revenue? What has to be in there? What kind of customer satisfaction are we going to get? Because the last thing that you want to do, and I generally don't speak for other businesses, but I'll, I'll speak for everyone on this one. The last thing you want to do is release a product to your whole audience. That sucks. Yep. Yeah, totally. And so because no one will buy from you again. Yeah. So I want to bounce back to the to the in person stuff because since sure. that's what you're actually like the the it sounds like the courses you're reworking or they're not up right now. So uh, what are you? How are people finding? How are these eight guys per week finding the thing and signing up? Is it all coming through your podcast? Yeah, it's all coming through the podcast, which is excellent because uh, there's no other. What I've learned recently through people who are smarter than me who do studies, your podcast audiences are now the most engaged audiences anywhere on the internet, which is a really bold statement. So you look at YouTubers and stuff like that, and a lot of the sort of counter arguments that you get from email marketers are, yeah, but I've got this list of 300,000 people and nothing beats raw numbers. And to an extent, they're right. But if you look at an audience of 300,000 in email and you compare it to, say, a podcast audience of 25,000, you'll often find the podcaster making more or generating more revenue than that email marketer. And Jordan, because, about, about how many downloads are, is Art of Charm getting? I know you guys are near the top almost every week. Yeah, we get about 2 million per month. Okay, 2 million per month. So what is that average per episode? 
Um, a, like 80 plus thousand. 80K perhaps. per month. That's And amazing. our back catalog is extremely active, more so than most other shows, which is where the difference accounts for. Because normally- why, why is that? Why your back account is people going and listening to past shows? Do you, do you um, sell old episodes kind of, or, or open loop to them in current episodes? N- no, um, we don't, which is actually, that's a really good idea, but we don't do that. Um, we don't do that. The reason is because the content we create is really evergreen. So if you're if you're a morning zoo show and you're like, hey, how about those giants winning the World Series? <laughs> no one has any reason to listen to something. Such a radio, here. such a radio voice. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and that's they don't need more of that. They don't need like, oh, so and so did this and this and this, or how about that grease default? Nobody's gonna care about that in three months. But if I interview you about your business that information is still gold three years on. Roger, yep. And and so that's what we're creating at AOC. Nothing is dated. Nothing has current events tied to it to to any significant degree. So there's people that are downloading stuff from us that are, these episodes are almost nine years old. And people are like, I just heard your episode with this. And I'm like, man, I recorded that in my basement in freaking graduate school. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. So, that people so, download those. so you, you mean you've hustled your way to this over the past like nine years. This was by no means an overnight success, but 64K right. a week is worth working nine years for. If you are loving this episode, you will love episode number eight, where we talk to the head of strategy at GoPro, responsible for taking them from $300,000 a year in sales to $300 million in sales. And to celebrate the top tribe, I am giving you guys the chance to win a GoPro and my top three favorite business books. In order to win, simply text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, N-A-T-H-A-N to 33444 for your chance to win hundreds of dollars in prizes every week. The first one is a GoPro and my favorite business books. We are getting close, Jordan, to my favorite part of the episode. Do you know what time it is? Is it time for the the fabulous five, dude? Okay, close. Okay, come on, give it to me in your best radio voice. It's time for the famous five. Oh my gosh, could I want to use that? Okay, number one, Jordan. What is your favorite business book? Uh, I well, it's not a business book, but it's How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think it's like an old school classic when it comes to how to treat other people and relationship selling. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, to- Could I now, do that? Now, yeah, nope, you you can. That's a, that's a Carnegie one. So you kind of dissed Carnegie early on with the with the two K courses. So the audience is wondering that's, why is he recommending the book? The book is Talk great, to me. I, and the courses are okay, but they're they're not as comprehensive enough. Looking someone in the eye and shaking their hand is great if you've never looked anyone in the eye before or shook their hand at the same time. Yep. But if you really want real change, you've got to dig really deep in you and learning how to remember someone's name is not going to do that. And I get why they do that. You can't train 30 people who don't want to be there because their boss sent them there in a hotel room once a week how to really dig into their insecurities and change. It's not going to happen. Fair enough. Number two, is there a CEO that you are following or studying right now? Uh, Yes, besides you. Oh, you're too kind, man. I'm Uh, I'm just in a studio booth talking to cool people all day. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, for me, I, I look at a lot of performers more so than CEOs simply because that's kind of what I do all day is I do essentially radio. So I look at guys like Larry King and try to get in their head uh, for better or for worse. So it's, I don't have one like Jeff Bezos. Dude, type Larry King. That's a good that. answer. L- Larry King. That's good. Uh, so studying performers. Okay. Number three, Jordan, what is your favorite online tool like Evernote? 
Yeah, I do use Evernote, but since you just said that, I will say <laughs> I use this CRM tool called Close.io, and it's really lightweight, web-based, and you can put any name in there, an email, and it'll track all communication with them, and you can even use it to call them, not from your phone, but from the app itself, which is really nice. Great. Okay, number four, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep each night? Yes, if not more. I love that. Okay, good. Number five, if you wish your 20-year-old self knew one thing, what would it be? Man, college is for figuring out what you do and don't like or want to do. It's not for studying anthropology and skull shapes. <laughs> you're going to have a lot of people tweeting you going, Jordan, you're speaking my language, brother. I love that. I, I went to seven years of college. So and you're, I, you and yeah, you're a lawyer. Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, I know. That's right. Well, dude, you're on a rocket ship. You're crushing it week after week. Your podcast is near the top consistently. If people want to follow you and connect with you online, where can they do that? theartofcharm.com, or if you're listening to podcasts, which you technically are right now, find The Art of Charm in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening and uh, subscribe, and you won't be sorry. <laughs> and he's got a I'm great, on, and he's got a great radio voice. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. I'm also on the Twitter. On the, the Twitter, at The Art of Charm. Awesome. Well, Jordan, look, you know, kidnapped twice, hustled your way out of a, you know, a legal job, now doing 64K a year telling and helping ordinary guys turn into extraordinary men. Thank you for taking my audience to the top. Thank you. You bet, Jordan. Coming up in the next episode, number 21, you're going to learn from John Lee Dumas, how he went from Afghanistan trooper to number one podcast and 500,000 bucks a month and a brilliant pre-launch, by the way. You don't want to miss that episode in number 21. This podcast is produced by Oration Recording and is sponsored by Eddie Communications and Roanoke, Virginia's Grandin CoLab, the premier workspace for entrepreneurs and growing companies. 